fucking me. I know we gotta do this, but I ain't trying to be here all day. Yeah, me either. We need a code word. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What's what's the word? Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the lifting skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Growing up in New York, we used to sing the Black National Anthem at the start of every assembly in elementary school. Man, this song just feels so black and an important ingredient for today's episode. Happy Black History Month and welcome back to We Need a Code Word with Aisha and Jess. I'm Aisha. And I'm Jess. And the code word for today is right on. Right on. But before we jump in, let's check in. Aisha, my love, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, Yeah, the world. But, you know, we're here. And I'll ask the question. Um, What would the book title be for your week? Like if you had to describe your week in a book title. Ah, this week is interesting. I think my book title description would be finding your way back to self. I feel like I'm in a space of like questioning like some big major moves and it feels very much like I've been like toiling the earth mm. right to plant seeds for the future mm, my baby been toiling toiling i mean like oh. uh digging oh my <laughs> god what about you you know my book title would be three hours in the crock pot <laughs> because it feels like my week is starting to pick up and it's been i've been baking and preparing for this so it's going to be real good when it happens because it's been simmering. So and not too much and not too little. So, yeah. All right. Sim simmer. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's let's move into the main event. All you know, right. the, the reason <laughs> why we are here. <laughs> um, one of my North Stars, Audrey Lord, happy belated birthday. Um, said, quote, black people are not one big vat of homogenized chocolate milk, you know. We are individuals. Yeah, we ain't no vat of chocolate. That's right. <laughs> no Hershey's. <laughs> okay. So for this episode, we asked ChatGPT. Not a sponsor. To give us some black history facts about some of our faves. But we want to know the quirky, eccentric, weirdo facts that celebrate their individuality and their colorful interior lives. You know, our faves were more than a speech, a protest, or an invention. So we want to be inspired by their full humanity as just dope people with um, really great hobbies and other projects. Yeah, you know, like I have this interesting relationship with 
chat GPT, you know, I like to talk to it like it's a like it's a homegirl, you know, who knows how to code switch. You know, I'm talking to her like I'm about to vent to you about my employer, okay? And she'll be like, Yeah, girl, I'm here for you, sis. And then I'm like, All right, girl, write my resignate re- resignation letter from redacted. And she gives me this fire ass resignation letter that just hits all of the right amount of sauce. <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. So the first chat GPT black saucy. History. <laughs> That's saucy black history. That's saucy. That chat GPT saucy black history category is give me a beat. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story, but this story starts with a song. Coming to, coming to you on that dusty road. Good loving, I got a truck load. And when you get it, uh, you got something. Don't worry, honey, because I'm coming because I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. So that, that is the Sam and Dave hit version that we all know, okay, of Soul Man. But the original 1967 version was written by a guy named Arthur Connolly. Okay. It's 1960. Seven-ish earlier. And Arthur is in a meeting with a white doo-wop record label that just got the mandate to diversify. Oh, Lord. Not the, it. Not the 1960-something DE. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, 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 the first DEI, right? He, he, the first, uh, he the first black, right? So he's in the meeting and he shares his music. Arthur shows up to this meeting, okay? He knows he might be the first black and it's going to come with some bullshit, but he still feels like it's a chance to get his really amazing work out there, right? So he's like, F it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up. So he shares his music. It's his very best. It's his opus, okay? It is black as hell. It is beautiful. And he decides to take a risk and share it because, you know, this is his shot, okay? That white doo-wop record label exec with the label's future on its back, feeling the pressure to get this right, get this, get this black, get the right black, right? Like he's, he's nervous. He got to make sure he gets the right black for them. So he decides he wants to go all in, right? The white doo-wop guy. So he's like, he's like, could you make it more? soulful (laughs) so so arthur Connolly takes this uh feedback and his opus he takes that back with him he walks to his mother's car and sits in the driver's seat and scribbles down lyrics the lyrics to soul man in 10 minutes oh he mad as hell as a f you to them (laughs) yeah and it blows up it goes up. And it's like, not, you know, it's not him, right? So funny. Uh, 
What's next? Yeah, okay. So what's next is World War One. So during World War One, the 369th Infantry Regiment, known as the Harlem Hellfighters, gained fame for their bravery in battle and for their band. So the so people were like, yeah, thank you for saving me. But also, man, you kept it in a pocket, you know, like, <laughs> right? So the Harlem Hellfighters Band introduced jazz music to European audiences. Wow. Can you imagine this? That's crazy. You, you're, uh, you're the bartender at this, like, ridiculous European bar. And it's so boring. And then you hear about this thing called jazz. Yeah. And then you get to witness it for the first time. And it's with the Harlem Hellcats. Man, what if what if they were like in these bars and it was like dry? Yeah, and it was like an open open mic. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the Harlem Hellcats they just emerge out of the audience. They, they built an open mic scene. That's how they. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then while they were in Paris doing their open mic joints, blowing up, they recorded albums. Wow. While they were stationed in France. Can you imagine? You're like, yeah, I got to go and like, you know, blow some shit up. But I'll be back to record my bars. <laughs> what? So they were the first to ever do it. It was kind of like No Limit Soldier, but Paris, right? Um, And I think about what those studio sessions were, were like, right? Like I'm in this studio and somebody tells me that some group called the Harlem Hellfighters might slide through. Harlem Hellcats. Oh, wait. Have I been saying Hellcats? Well, that's that's the name, Hellcats. I know the name is Hellfighters. Oh, dang. The <laughs> Hellcats a car. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's oh, okay. Well, the Hellfighters. <laughs> the, their real name is the Hellfighters. I've been calling them Hellcats. Y'all know what I'm what we're saying. Anyway, but listen. Back to that smoky studio. You know, here I am. I heard about some folks called the Harlem Hell. Yeah, maybe they did call them the Hellcats. I don't know where it's coming. And then they show up and then they show you jazz and you don't have a cell phone. It's just vibes. <laughs> there's so many things we don't know. We kept, haven't seen just because no Right. There's no was. pictures. No. Nobody went live. Nobody went live at the Hellfighters jazz <laughs> pop up. <laughs> uh. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Back to you. All right. So the next category is <laughs> rituals, the staycations, rubber duckies, and alley oops. So first up is Maya Angelou, Miss Anstillai Rise. <laughs> <laughs> she had a she had an unexpected ritual for her writing process. Like she loved a good staycation and was known to rent a local hotel room and use it as a makeshift office, right? She insisted on them removing all the artwork and decorations out the room because she wanted no distractions. She just wanted to focus on her writing. And I know the front desk clerk <laughs> was mad at hell. Every time they saw Maya Angelou come in here talking about she need to rent a room. They ain't care what book or what brilliance 
was coming up next. They were just annoyed. They had to remove everything out that doggone room. (laughs) So funny. All right. Duke Ellington. We know him as the legendary jazz composer and band leader, right? He was known for his impeccable style and his suave demeanor. He stay fly. But what, but what was less known is he had a ritual for writing his music in bathtubs. Hmm. According to the Duke, the acoustics and solitude were conducive to his creative process. Well, I want to know what was up with them rubber duckies, though. <laughs> right? Like, did he have like bubble bath and all type, or he was just sitting in a dry tub? Like, yeah. I wonder if we could find pictures. Yeah, I don't know. That's you know, we could ask Chat GPT to get on it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last up, Ella Fitzgerald, known as the Queen of Jazz. She had a habit for indulging in a game of basketball to relax you know just mm. yeah despite her elegant stage presence she was known as a baller wow. and really enjoyed the physicality and competitiveness of basketball to kind of relax wow you know somebody could totally make put ella fitzgerald on a like person's body so we could see how she would have been as a <laughs> that's wild okay so uh ella fitzgerald and prince on playing basketball oh yeah i i, I see her on like the blouses <laughs> like she ain't a shirt she gonna be a blouse <laughs> she a blouse <laughs> so accurate. all right jess what you got next okay next category is twirl on these haters aka who want check me boo and this a category is dedicated solely to Madam C.J. Walker. She was an entrepreneur and a philanthropist, and we know she became famous and wealthy from her hair care products for black women. Say what you will, she was filling a market gap. You know, she definitely did. Um, but did you know that she was also an avid roller coaster enthusiast? <laughs> See, she was shut down amusement parks. To kick you with her friends. And just have them come and enjoy the rides with her. Can you imagine you get to pick who's going to be on the Bat Lagoon with you? You know, like, (laughs) you get to curate that whole experience. I I, I wonder, like, when her friends came off the roller coasters and, like, their hair were out of place (laughs) and stuff. And she had, like little tables set up like oh girl come over here i got this thing for you to get them edges yeah. laid flat you know what i'm saying it was like sponsored a by- little conk uh-huh. for the <laughs> Sp- sponsored by conk for the culture what if it was like what if it was like coachella but managing <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, it was like the i i, I could see i could see she That's could she could throw a party i, I I feel it. I like, feel did you it. get the invite to the amusement park? I did. did you know? You? No. <laughs> you knew like some. Yeah, that's a flex. Yeah. That's dope. All right. So the next category is flex. <laughs> that's the multi-talented crew. First up is Benjamin Banneker, who was well known for his work in um, astronomy and city planning. But. 
I wonder if he also did tarot card readings as well. Hmm. You know, um, when he was 21, he actually like hand carved a clock that ran perfectly for like 40 years. Okay, now, Mr. Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his love for astronomy also inspired the astronomical um, observations and calculations that he used to assist with establishing the initial borders for um, the District of Columbia. So, yeah, he was absolutely multi-talented. And Bessie Coleman. Right. The first African-American woman to hold a pilot license. She actually had to move to France to attend flight school because no American school would admit her due to her race and gender. I mean, dang, she had to parlez-vous français in Mm. order to fly. Yep. I mean, racism will really have you out here becoming bilingual. I mean, <laughs> c'est pas ça. C'est pas, how, how you say it? Yeah, que pas ça. <laughs> right. And then um, last but not least, George Washington Carver. We know he's famous for peanuts and all of that. But his first love was drawing and painting. It was actually his art teacher, Miss um, Etta Budd that encouraged him to take his plant illustration skills to the botany department at Iowa State Agricultural College. Hold up, hold up. Okay. So so we got to shout out Etta Bud. Yeah. He's the one that, you know, he could have ended up, he could have ended up becoming a illustrator that never got hired for stuff. Yeah. I mean, at that or time. an amazing artist, right? Yeah. But he... He became George Washington Carver. Yeah. And it was all because his teacher saw another use for his, for his skills. Yeah. Yeah. You think she was saving him from, from a less impactful life, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely what she thought. Right. I mean, back in those times, they didn't really think. Yeah. much of artists especially yeah. not a black artist yeah. right so um yeah so after he left Iowa State he went on to Tuskegee right and all the things we know of him um he actually produced dyes of like 500 different shades and is responsible for the invention of a process for producing cosmetics paints and stains from that good old Alabama clay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's all for our chat GPT Black History Facts. Not a sponsor. Remember, our faves were more than one speech, protest, or an invention. Let's be inspired by their full humanity as dope people with hobbies. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was dope, but let's... You know, let's jump into uh, a palate cleanser. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Usher's concert, also known as Super Bowl Fifty Eight. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I thought 
the show was amazing, but I want to hear about your experience of watching me watch this. <laughs> Cause you, you were losing it. You were, you were, you were absolutely like losing it. And it, it was like reminiscent of watching you at Beyonce, seeing you like in a trance. <laughs> like it was just like you and the TV. Like it, it like I wasn't even here anymore. <laughs> and you know, I actually thought that I was a Usher fan until I was sitting next to you and realized like, oh, oh no, girl. Like Jess is a fan. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy that show. I can remember his first album, My Way. My best friend had the CD. And I just remember middle school, like the end of middle school, high school, in my early 20s, and having these like significant moments in my, my girlhood, womanhood, and Usher being in the background. So like, and they were, you know, he started out with some of his early early work, I guess. And it felt like um a show for his real fans. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we had her and um, Jermaine Dupree brought his Easter outfit. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Socks with a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that man had on. He looked like a little kid. Like, know, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize it was him. <laughs> You know, cause he, he, you know, he put on a little weight and stuff. And then in that outfit, I was like, who that? <laughs> I got to send you this parody of this group that like literally one hour after it happened, like they already had a sketch up. It was so funny, <laughs> but, um, I don't know what that was, but I want him to come back to himself. So, yeah, but overall that was an amazing performance. I mean, it was so black, the Kappas. Um, the Marvin Gaye moments with the choreography, like it was the little things. The that, Michael Jackson glove. Michael Jackson glove. There's a roller skater that I followed when I started skating during the pandemic, and she's just dope. And she's just she's just so dope. And then I saw her on TV, and she talked about how this is a dream for her. So like, oh, she was one of the roller skaters. Yes. Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy, Sid. Sid blocks. I'll I'll find it and put it in the chat notes. But like that was dope. Um, I just thought it was a really beautiful show. And I mean, yeah. we're going to see him. Yeah, that that yeah in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, that made that so you know sealed that deal. I mean, also Ticketmaster is a scam. But <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So I thought it was a moment. Um, I asked my vocal coach what she thought about Alicia Keys' performance, and yeah, what she said. She just, we just kind of giggled a little bit. And she, she basically said, you know, everybody cracks. She's like, she her her voice did sound strained, and she wonders if she's still singing as much as she used to. Mm. And she told a lovely story about um, what's the woman's name? I will remember you. Remember that lady, McLaughlin, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, uh-huh. she went to one of her concerts. And it was just her and like 60,000 people. And she was singing that song and her voice cracked. And everybody said, <gasps> but, she, <laughs> but she smiled and she yeah. sang through it and everybody cheered her on. Yeah. So I thought that was dope. That's what she told me. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So Usher, Super Bowl. Um, okay. So as we wrap up, we hope that these chat GPT saucy black history facts. <laughs> 
inspire you to consider your own and your faves interiority. That's the inside, the inside world. And maybe ride more roller coasters. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at we need a code word. Um, you can also stream the podcast on any platform that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple Music. We're out here. All right. Thank you for joining us. 